you protect what you love. Hunting is a life, not a lifestyle, it's a life. This is Hunters to show people how great of a job we're doing for conservation, providing for ourselves all the things you and I understand. I think you kind of owe it to the animal that you're hunting to be as prepared as possible. You know, as I get older, I appreciate the laughs and the time and the experience. Welcome to the Speak the Language podcast. This week we have Jeremiah Dowdy from Field to Plate on the show with us. Jeremiah, thank you for coming on the show today. Hey, no worries. I'm excited to be on. Yeah, man, absolutely. We've uh, we've re- we've had a couple people on, uh, or not just you know, you're one of those that's kind of more on the specific side of it. But one thing I definitely always like talking about on the show because uh, you know, and I'm sure you could speak to this. Um, we could go ahead and dive right into it. I feel like uh, a lot of times in in outdoor tv media whatever the the food side of hunting fishing all that stuff is for some reason gets overlooked really really quickly and you know you do such an amazing job at uh going the opposite direction of that i definitely wanted to have you on and talk about you know your beginnings and all that kind of stuff so um let's go straight into it i don't want to him haw around um where like so how did you how'd you even get started where'd the whole field to plate thing come from yeah, uh, for me, it's a little different. Uh, I like to tell everyone, like, I'm just a Southern California kid who was born, you know, in the surf and the sand. And it's not your typical hunting story where I wasn't, you know, born in the Ozarks or family farms or, you know, wore, wore boots every day. Yeah. Um, and so it, I think for me, it was different right from the bat, you know, right from, right from the start because it right. wasn't a cultural thing. Like, I can't go into my, my local Walmart and go buy camouflage you know unless it's like hipster camouflage or <laughs> flannel or something like that you know like yeah. i always get the wal yeah. i always get the walmart ads and it's like on sale i walk into mine and it's just they might you know they maybe have a pellet gun or a bb gun in there um <laughs> yeah. and maybe two tents and a sleeping bag so the culture itself is different but what started from field to plate for me um it all came down from an, like an allergy like seven years ago roughly um i found out that i have an intolerance to beef my body cannot digest uh, bovine fat, uh, which is found, you know, in domesticated cattle. Right, right. And so it's not, you know, Lone Star tick disease. I can still eat other red meats, but it's specific to the fats and enzymes found within bovine uh, cows and stuff like that. So Interesting. I was getting really, yeah, I was getting really sick eating I mean, everything from like Jello, which has, you know, uh, beef, car- you know, collagens and stuff like that in it. Right, right. To eating a steak. Like I was just getting ill i was you know anaphylactic in some cases hives all over my body stomach pains um you know you name it it was it was one of those deals where it went to specialist after specialist and everyone's like well you're not gluten intolerant you don't have this you don't have that you're not allergic to peanuts you're i'm like i'm allergic to something yeah like and something's going on yeah yeah like it got to the point it was it was about a year of struggling that it was like affecting like marriage and social life because i was afraid to go out Cause I didn't know when I'd get it, you know, what would happen or when it would happen or all the friends would want to go to restaurants or the fair. And I was like, nah, I can't go. That's crazy. Um, yeah, it was, it was bad. And so I've always been a bird hunter since I was about six years old. Cause in Cal- Southern California, that's pretty much all we do is we dove hunt, duck hunt, quail hunt, chucker, pheasant, uh, turkey, big upland game birds, just because it's so plentiful down here. We're right, right next to Mexico. Right. And so the end of all those birds migrations are right in my backyard in a sense. Yeah. About an hour and a half away. So it's it's easy to do that. But big game was never on my radar just because the price price point. Yeah, yeah. And down here, you, you, you talk to old timers and they're, you know, late 60s, 
seventies and eighties. And they're like, I've hunted for 50 years and I've only, I, I've only shot one buck my entire life. And so it's very discouraging to sit there and say, I'm not going to waste all my money. Yeah. And hunt for, and hunt for 50 years just to possibly get a deer. Yeah. And well, you know, fast forward a year and a half from when I got diagnosed with, you know, beef intolerance in a sense. Right. Yeah. And, um, I was actually at the archery range getting ready for fall turkey season. And this, this gentleman came out, this older guy came out and he pulled out a camouflage bow. And whenever you got a range, you see camouflage, anything you're like, Hey, are you a hunter or do you just like camouflage? And he's like, no, I hunt. And so we got struck up a conversation. Cause again, it's rare to find someone that wants to talk about shooting stuff in a liberal society. Right. Right. And, um, so we got chatting about, about big game. He was heading to Wyoming and, I explained that I'd never hunted big game, couldn't afford it. And he's like, Hey, a doe tag at the time was 38 bucks for a antelope or deer doe tag mm-hmm. and license in Wyoming. And I was like, that's it. So I put my bow back in my truck and drove home about two over the counter tags and drove straight to Wyoming the next weekend. <laughs> um, and struggled for six days to try to shoot an antelope because I never hunted a big game. Like I had, yeah. I had, an, I had a 30 out six that I had bought when I was 18 that I had like a $30 Bushnell Walmart scope on it. Yeah. Um, and didn't understand the mechanics. I was like, Hey, I watched a couple of TV shows. I should be able to do this. Yeah. Point and shoot, um, make but, it, make it happen. Right. Yeah. It's easy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like I love watching military shows. Like it's, it's easy. They can shoot a mile. Why can't I shoot 200 yards? Yeah. And after the, you know, the five days finally put an antelope on the ground and didn't know what I was doing. Struggled through it again, pulled out a Swiss army knife and, tried to skin and gut this thing with a YouTube video on my lap and <laughs> uh, in the middle of, in the middle of, you know, Wyoming six miles from a road um, and just botched it. And this was like, I'm like, this is stupid. Yeah. Like I don't, this, I, I don't get what the, what the lure is about this. I don't understand why people are so excited to do, you know, to do this. Really? And I got, and I took it to a butcher in town cause I, I didn't know what I was doing. And he called me like eight hours later and said, your meat's ready. And, Again, now being a butcher, realizing that it, for them to flash freeze butcher and everything in eight hours with 75 antelope hanging, I didn't get my meat back. I got somebody <laughs> else's meat. Um, right. There's just no, there's just no way. Yeah. But I got home the meat and absolutely hated it. I mean, the flavor wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting beef because that's what I grew up on. Right. Right. Um, and it's just it was a struggle. Yeah. And so I, but being raised the way I was raised, it was always that point of if you kill it, you eat it. Yeah. And so it was one of those deals where it's like, hey, I have to figure out how to make this meat taste good, figure out how to make it, or my family will eat it. And so I just started researching and, and understanding flavor profiles. And I mean, I'm, I'm no classically trained chef by any means. You know, my first recipe was a antelope teriyaki skewers. I made my own teriyaki sauce, marinated it, and then grilled these skewers, and my whole family just devoured them. Yeah. And I was like, and I was like okay, cool, cool. So we, we, we had antelope teriyaki for like, a couple days just because I was like, oh, we, we got this down. And finally I was like, well, okay, so we understand that sage goes well with, or sage pairs well with garlic and soy and ginger. So I started cooking more Asian-inspired dishes with, with antelope. Right. And everybody was just devouring it. I'm yeah. like, okay, there's something behind this. And I started posting it on my normal Instagram, which was at the time, you know, bullfrog, because Jeremiah was a bullfrog. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And people just started looking at it and liking it and saying, man, that's awesome. I, I, you know, I love antelope, but I never figured out how to cook it other than like grinding it up for tacos or. Yeah. That, that's interesting too, that you, you know, cause antelope, especially, um, and that might be different from where, like where you're from. 
but like here, you know, obviously, you know, southeast Mississippi, if we're going to go hunt antelope, we have to travel. So, and people that hunt antelope down here, antelope is one of those animals that gets like one of those raps for being not a good tasting game animal because 100 yeah and, and it's, it's one of those things that you know and i haven't honestly i haven't eaten very much of it it's not one of those things that's been available to me very often but the ones the times i have eaten it, i thought it was good but uh it's like you're talking well, about it's that sage taste that uh people right, don't know and that's what to the, do with yeah and that's and that's the thing is a lot of times we try to mask the flavor instead of enhance the flavor right and that's that's where the problem lies is everyone tries to you know the first time I had whitetail was actually with all the miss, you know, in Mississippi with all with, with all the mossy oak boys. Yeah. And I remember they busted out. They're like, "This, this is whitetail." I was like, "I've never eaten whitetail because we don't have whitetail anywhere near where I hunt." Yeah. Um, and I, I I took my first bite and I was like, "Oh, this is why you guys hunt whitetail because <laughs> yeah. it didn't it didn't taste wild. It just tastes like meat, just you yeah. know, very mild flavored meat, versus me where I'm shooting." mule deer who are eating cactus and sagebrush that tastes like dirt right you know when you're eating them or you shoot an antelope out in you know the tundra where it's just eating nothing but sage i mean you you cut that sucker you know that sucker open and all its stomach is is sage right yeah. um and that just permeates throughout the meat and so if you don't know how to cook it it can be very you know odd in a sense or yeah, you just know, a different taste or, that you're not used to yeah, yeah. Or, or, or or super wild people are like i don't like this it's just it's too you know I try not to use the word gamey because it's one of those words that I absolutely hate. I was about to say that's what that's usually what people say. It's like ah, it just has a weird gamey taste. Do you hear that all? Yeah. Any it's any animal that has a bad rap for not tasting good, gamey is the term that it gets. It seems to be. Right. And so that's what I was telling. I said gamey is gamey's not a flavor. Gamey is a negative connotation of what that food is. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. when I go I go if I say, Oh, this is gamey, ten people out of a room of 15 will say, I don't want to try it. Ex- yep, you're, but, you're right. But, but if I say, ooh, this has a really strong acorn taste to it, and it's pe-, they're like, ooh, I want to try that. Yeah. So if you, can, if you can pinpoint the flavor and fix that flavor to be more palatable, that's what brings in more people. So that's kind of how it started was all with that teriyaki antelope skewer. Yeah. Um, and through that, company started saying, hey, can you do this and this? And I'm like, I literally, I'm just a, I'm, I'm a restaurant manager. I mean, that's what I was, a corporate trainer and manager for, you know, restaurants yeah and it just got to the point where i was just doing it all the time and having fun with it and so i changed over my instagram to from field to plate and you know, my, my buddy said hey what are you going to call this and i was like from field to plate because i want to teach everybody what it takes to go from the field to the plate with only touching your hands because in the past six years seven years that i've actually big game hunted i'm pretty much self-taught yeah. I have struggled through teaching myself how to butcher because I refuse to take it to a butcher. Yeah, I've struggled through the flavor profiles. I've, I've struggled through the haters and the naysayers saying, "Well, you're not classically trained, so you can't be a chef." Um, and then I cook for them, and they're like, "All right, chef, thanks for the meal." <laughs> and so, that is where it, it all started was from that idea of like, right. I want, I don't want someone to have to struggle like I struggled. Yeah, which is because there's that yeah. there's that misgeneration right now, and everyone's talking about it. Hundred percent. Yeah, that yeah. twenty two to the to the 35 year olds where if they're not veterans and they're not kids, they're not being addressed. Yeah. And so for me, I want to, I want to address that 22 through 35 and I get, I mean, today I had 17 direct messages on Instagram thanking me for helping them and thanking me for helping develop. And I answer every single question and I, you know, I've got a hundred percent response rate because of the fact that I want to take the time to answer it and I want to help you through it and I want to develop it. That's why I teach classes in November because of this very fact that like 
it's not about me. It's about you feeding your family. And yeah. I don't want you to have to struggle like I struggled. I want, I want to be able to be that answer versus a YouTube video, of some hillbilly in his backyard, which I'm a Western hunter. I, I can't hang an, an antelope when I'm six miles out with no, with no tree in sight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I had to figure out how to do it on the ground. So right. it's, it's teaching people the basics within that realm. So, but it's been fun. It's been a, it's been a cool journey that God kind of thrusted me into. Yeah. Well, okay. So there's a couple of things I want to, I want to talk, address on that, that I'd like to ask you about. Like one, um, it's interesting that you would talk about, uh, the struggle with trying to clean the antelope out in the field and all that. Cause I was talking to, um, uh, some guys from QDMA, uh, Hank Forrester, it was actually the, uh, the guys that, uh, run that field to fork program. Um, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And he was talking about, I can't, I'm not going to try to quote the, I'm not sure if it's the statistic or through the people that he was, uh, bringing in or whatever, but they said like, like one of the biggest hurdles or obstacles that, that people have when it comes to hunting, uh, that intimidates them is the fact that like, all right, I kill it. What the heck am I supposed to do with it then? Like the, you know, like, all right, so I kill the, right. I, I kill this deer. What am I supposed to do? You know? Cause if you're not, you know, I, I was, you know, I, I, when I get more exposed to this kind of stuff and I realize like what you're talking about, like this gap that people have, you know, if they're in that, that age range that you're talking of and they weren't raised hunting, you know, taking care of an animal, cleaning an animal, that's a big deal. You know, I, and I oh, was, yeah. I was very, very fortunate, you know, raised in a, in a family and in, in a culture and had friends that, you know, I, I was watching that and doing that ever since I was little. So it never, it never occurred to me how big of a hurdle that was. But if you sit back and look, you know, someone in a position like you, you, you know, uh, I mean, you don't know what to do. You hadn't been taught how you're supposed to know. And it, it, that was interesting to me. That was one of the biggest things that, that people had a hang up on, you know, that kept them from hunting. They were like, yeah, I would hunt, but I don't know what I would do with it when I killed it. I wouldn't know how to take care of it. That's huge. Right. And no, and that's, and I get that from veteran hunters who've been hunting for 30 years and all they do is throw it in the back of their truck and take it to a processor. Wow. Sometimes they don't, sometimes they don't even gut it because yeah. of the fact that they're scared of all these horror stories. If I get urine on it, it's going to ruin all the meat. Right. Or yeah. if I get, or if I get hair on the meat, it's going to destroy the, all those myths are just that they're myths. Yes. If you get pee all over everything and you, you don't wash it off, of course it's going to taint the flavor of the meat. Um, but if you get a little bit on it and you wash it off, it, you're not going to be able to taste it at all. Yeah. You know, and getting hair on animals, hose it off. There's only two little areas on the inner thigh where the, you know, bucks pee on themselves that you really need to worry about. Yeah. Uh, the rest of it, it's just hair, just wash it off. And it's like, there's all these negative things that have been said that have been passed down that really keep people that are scared off of it. I mean, at these classes last year, you know, I had 30, 40 year old, men and women who are like so intimidated by taking a knife and gutting an animal. Yeah. Oh, not yeah. because, not because it's gross because they heard all these horror stories. And once they did it, they're like, Oh, that was it. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's it. Like, and you can keep it pretty clean. They're like, well, that wasn't gross. I'm like, no, not at all. Like oh, I thought it was going to smell. I thought it was going to this. I was that. I'm like, no, man, if you don't do a gut shot, it's really no smell at all. Yeah. And so I think that's the biggest hurdle for a lot of people. Like you said, it's just, getting past that fear factor of like i'm gonna screw it up yeah and, and they don't it, and it's i mean i guess it, it's it's rational in some way because they're scared like part of the, the you know the, they don't want to screw it up they don't want to waste it you know they don't want to be wasteful right, which i wanna... totally understand um right. but that brings me to the, the other thing i wanted to talk about is um you know one thing that we've learned a lot here lately too is that 
one of the things that, that you're talking about is that there's not much of that help out there. You know, there's not, you know, that most of the time uh, there have been several instances where people end up in a situation like you where they're having to like, you know, like I'm having to do this, you know, way harder than it has to be. You know, there's not like, right. you know, not enough helpful resources out there for people to learn this kind of stuff. Uh, so how the, the, the classes you, you teach, you know, like how did yep. that come about? What do you, what are you teaching them? You know, what, what is it, you know, explain that to me. Yeah. So from field to plate one-on-one is what I call them. Uh, it takes place down in South Texas just cause I've met a lot of ranch owners over the past couple of years. Right. And so it's, you know, it's a lot easier to go out on someone's 10,000 acre property and hunt animals than try to figure it out on public land and all right, the other right, stuff. Right. So, yep. um, but what we do is, is I literally take them on a three day class course, you know, a crash course yeah. from the moment they touch their weapon, which is an archery or rifle to the moment that they pack the meat in the cooler to take it home. Yeah. Um, and we go through the entire process. So they, they come in the first day and it's all about getting comfortable with your weapon or our weapon and teaching them the mechanics behind it. I mean, they're dry firing 50 times before they're even, you know, flinging a lead down, down range. Right. And getting them comfortable at shooting 150, 200 yards. Cause it's very intimidating when you see how far that is in real life. Yeah. Oh, go, wow. Yeah. That's 200 yards. Like on TV, it's just two football fields, but in real life, it's a little steel target that is, a, you know, lo- looks like it's 10 miles away. Yeah, that thing looks really far. And so, yeah. And so building that confidence is first. And then we go out and, we, they, they all hope you know they all harvest does or or coals whatever we need harvested and then we all come back and we do a i teach them the basic gutting like this is how you gut we do everyone has their animals hanging up and we go through it all together so it's four to five people per class uh, and it's a very it's non-judgmental non-competition non-anything if you have a question ask it and we'll go over it yeah um and it's male and female all ages it was it was amazing i, I mean i did last year i did 18 people yeah. Um, in a matter of three weeks. And then we go through the whole thing where they learn how to skin it. Then we go to quartering. And then we go to how to break down each individual quarter. So taking down how do you get all the stakes out of a rear quarter? How do you get um, ground? And we grind it and we make sausages. And then I also do cooking classes every night. Yeah. So whatever they want to cook. If they want to learn how to grill, we learn how to grill. If they want to learn how to do a fancy dinner, we learn how to do a fancy dinner. And at the end of the three days, three and a half technically, it's amazing to hear the stories that the people told, Yeah, you know, like I was so scared to come in and now, you know, one of the girls, she had never hunted before and she was a bow hunter and she ended up, you know, shooting a, shooting a buck and we couldn't find it for the life of us, but she ended up getting a doe and she skinned it out. She took it home and she was just overjoyed and her and her fiance who fiance did not want to hunt at all, you know, have gone out three times last year and harvested pigs and deer and, She's done it all herself in her kitchen. That's all awesome. Because of the com- yeah, all because yeah. of the confidence that we sat there together and she learned. And it's, you know, in the middle of one of the butchering classes, one of the one of the older ladies, she looks at me, she's like, I don't get how you have so much patience to ask, to answer every question. Because we're asking some stupid questions. I was like, no, no, no. There is no stupid question. The no. only question that's stupid is the one not asked. Right, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, you know, but, and I mean, I've taught vegans who, you know, had death threats against me how to hunt. And I take out, you know, last year I took out 60 youth for youth enhancement, taught them how to bird hunt and how to clean birds and how not to breast out a bird, but to pluck a bird and how to skin a bird and how to utilize the whole bird. And so there's these classes. I mean, and the classes aren't that much money. I have like four spots left for this year. Um, And 
it's just a it's a cool family atmosphere you come and hang yeah. out and it's just very laid back if you have a question ask it if you don't have a question just listen but it's hands-on i'm there with you i mean i'm helping your knife guide if you're scared and the whole thing is you're not going to screw it up because if you screw it up it's just another meatball you can throw it right in the grind pile yeah and that's what i tell everybody it's like hey they're like oh, i'm gonna mess up my steak i'm like it's your steak man you're the one gonna eat it like who cares if it's not perfectly uniform cut steak it does is it gonna taste good then cut it however you want man and giving people the confidence to take back yeah. what is you know what, what's ours which is nature yeah and you know it's yeah. it's a it's a it's a cool thing but uh, this year i put it online and i i had 12 spots sold within the first day yeah um so it's just building this it's building this energy that people are excited to get out there and do it and there's really nothing like it there are there are like some duck hunts and stuff like that where you can go and fancy chefs will cook for you and you'll go out there and hunt and you'll have to learn how to do some stuff but this is the first of its kind where you literally get down and dirty and it's your animal so from start to finish it's you doing it you know yeah 100 percent. and and that's you know another thing is uh i think that's cool that you're trying to take because for some reason like is it there you're you're addressing it so obviously you know it's there there's there's definitely like an intimidation factor over the whole thing you know for some reason and uh how hard like let me ask you this like out of the ones these people that you're teaching like how often do you see like like how 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 quickly do they, you know, they, do they have trouble? Um, are they scared of shooting the guns? Do they have trouble, you know, sh- do they, you know, do they ever have people see an animal and they're not unsure if they want to shoot it or not? Do you, do you ever encounter stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, and that's where it's cool to sit there and talk to them and work them through those problems. Right. Because that's the deal is like if they're on YouTube and they're watching somebody do it and they get scared doing it, you can't walk them through that. Right. You can't, you can't, you can't, that's okay. I'll fix it in a second, honey. Sorry. That's all good. <laughs> doc, doc just grabbed her dress. It's man. Look I, again. Yeah. So, so Jeremiah and I, this, how the whole connection between us happened is unbeknownst to either of us. We got dogs, puppies out of the same litter. We own, we, right. we have brothers. You have uh, your what's your dog's name? Doc. You have Doc, and I have Knox, and uh, so and he's harassing your daughters right now. Yeah, he was down there and grabbed her dress. She came up all crying because he grabbed her dress. Yeah, well, if that's you know, if if Doc is anything like Knox, I, that's a hundred percent believable that he would <laughs> that that, he, that that little dude is into everything. Yeah, no, he's he's. But you know, when you have a four year old and she just wants him to cuddle on her lap, and he's like, "No, I want to throw me the ball again." So, <laughs> um, but yeah, right. back to your back to your question. It was about. Uh, intimidation factor. Right. And yep. so when they're sitting, you know, sitting in a blind with somebody and they put that animal in scope and they start hyperventilating and they start getting buck fever. I mean, I reach over and I push on the safety and I tell them to take their head off the scope. And they're like, what do you, I said, just breathe. Yeah. Just relax. Just, and we talk through it and we work through it. And I'll, I'll tell them, uh, Hey, if that animal runs away, then the animal wasn't meant to be on the dinner plate tonight. Yeah. Like that animal doesn't have to die. Like, yeah. When we sat there and, you know, one girl we sat there and watched for like two hours in the morning and she just watched and enjoyed the animals. And finally she's like, I think I'm ready. I was like, perfect. Let's pick out one. Okay. That one right there. And you know, she pulled the trigger and a perfect heart shot and the animal dropped. And she just kind of looked at me and she started crying with tears of joy. And I started crying and we just hugged it out and walked over to animal. And I love that. You know, yeah. Prayed over her animal. And she's like, Oh my gosh, thanks for being patient. And I was like, listen, man, 
if you didn't shoot anything this whole trip, I still would have gone out and got you meat. Like, cause I want you to go home with, 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 with me. And if you didn't feel comfortable enough to hunt, which is pretty cool because I actually have a girl coming to the very first session, um, who flat out told me I cannot shoot an animal, but I want to learn everything about it. And so it's her and her husband. Yeah. She, she was, she was raised where her dad forced her to hunt mm. and her dad forced her to go out and kill squirrels and kill stuff. And as this little six year old girl, she just remembers holding a dead rabbit in her hand. Yeah. And so she called me, she's like, I really want to go, but I can't. And I said that please come i yeah. want i want to sit i want to sit in a blind with you and your husband and i want your husband to shoot your animal yeah but i want i want you to learn all about it i want you to learn that i'm not your dad yeah and, and that i'm not i'm not the guy on tv who's hooting and hollering over dropping a buck right like we're going to do this with respect for the animal with respect for each other and i want you to sit here and if you have to close your eyes when your husband takes that shot i'll close my eyes with you yeah and so her and her husband both signed up for the class and they're going to be there for the first session and She's super excited. And I told her, I said, Hey, but here's the deal. If, if after your husband shoots, if you want to shoot an animal, like I'll go sit in a blind with you by ourselves and we'll figure it out and we'll walk, we'll, we'll work through it. Yeah. And so that I think is where my position lies is, is if I can be a teacher and help people through their problems, I mean, there's no, there's no better place than to sit in a blind where you're forced to talk. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and I, I mean, we, we took inner city kids from San Antonio, Texas out last year. You know, sitting in blinds with these little gangbangers who, <laughs> who are just disrespectful when you first meet them, and then at, you know, two days into the blind, they're like your little brothers. Yeah. You know, and they're hugging you, and you know, and they're shooting animals, and they're like asking you what to do, and they're you know laughing and joking. It's, it really builds, it builds camaraderie, it builds respect really, really quick. Well, that's something just doing out. Yeah, that's something just being out in nature can help, like a hundred percent. Yeah. But but you look at. 90% of our industry and it's all about them. Yeah. What can I do for myself? How can yeah. I better myself? Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's even those, you know, meme pages out there, which are just harassing and bullying other hunters. And yeah. all those hunters are on the pages and laugh. I mean, I got, I got hit by one of them two days ago. Yeah. And, and I just laugh cause I'm like, whatever, man, like yeah. if it makes you feel better, but you're helping, you're helping fuel the hatred for our industry. Yeah. We're attacking by, each other by attacking each other. I mean, if, if we consider ourselves a wolf pack, wolf packs aren't packs if they're all, you know, fighting against each other. Yeah. A hundred percent. And yeah. So it's just disgusting. And I, if I can be that one small glimpse in my own life and for, you know, five other people that I'm hanging out with, then at, in, in that moment, then that's what I'm going to be about, you know? Yeah. I, dude, I agree. Cause, and I love your attitude to it, you know, cause, um, you hear, you know, especially stuff like, you know, think about that, like that girl's dad. I mean, I hate that that happened, but I like that. Th- I mean, the dad probably was not trying to do his daughter a disservice. You know, he probably was trying to do the right thing, but it, it wasn't. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, he probably was not trying to, to you know, do that. But, you know, one way or another that, you know, that changed that girl's outlook on hunting in a negative way. And then thankfully she's coming back around to it. But, um I love your approach to it, you know, like, you know, because it's, I've said this before, it's not, it is not a rational or a logical goal to think you're going to make everybody a hunter, but you can make, and then take her, for example, you can take someone and you can make them understand it and accept it for what it is, you know, and they don't, you don't have to kill an animal to do that, you know, you can still, you know, use the meat, prepare the meat, just like you're doing with her, you know, you don't, you don't have to be the one that pulls the trigger, and I, 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 I I love your attitude towards that. Yeah, I took out a, 
I took out a vegan um, who was harassing me pretty hard, death threats and everything. We ended up becoming friends because I just treat the guy with, with respect. Right. And I was like, man, I, I, I respect what you're doing, and we're both on the same page. We both hate the way that animals are being treated. Um, but ended up taking him out hunting, and he shot his first deer. Um, and he now calls himself a vegan hunter. Wow. And because he will only eat meat that his family hunts. But after a year of just building a relationship with the guy, he decided he, he said, hey, I want to I want to see what it's all about. I want to come along. Yeah. And, you know, this year we went out turkey hunting and we sat in a blind and this giant double bearded, you know, 23 and a half pound Rio walks out. And I'm like, this bird, is, <laughs> this bird is gorgeous. This bird is so pretty. You know, I, I'd worked this bird away from the jakes and the hens and he comes in full strut. And I'm looking at the guy and he goes, I can't shoot it. I was like, perfect, man. Let's just enjoy watching it. Yeah. He's like, well, no, you shoot it. This bird, you keep, you're excited about this bird. I was like, nope, let's just watch this bird. And we watched that bird for 20 minutes. He was beating up our jakes. He was fluffing the decoys. And then he just turned around and strutted away. And he looked at me, he's like, he's like dude, I thank you for that. Yeah. I was like, I'm, dude, I don't need to kill anything. I really don't like I'm just out here hanging out. I'm enjoying. Now, in my back of my mind, I'm like, man, that was such a beautiful bird. Yeah. Like, oh, gosh, the, 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 I would have got, you know, 18 pounds of meat off that thing. But looking at it is it built that respect for him. Yeah. And, again, I didn't need to shoot it. Yeah. I and mean, I have, I've, got, I've got turkey fans all over my walls, and I've got, I have, what, six turkeys in the freezer right now. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. You're sitting by yourself that same situation happens and you want to shoot that turkey you do that's fine but i think in the situation right. you were in that was the that was the right call to make but 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 how many of us hunters would i would have taken that shot probably most i mean probably i've most. never shot a, i've never shot a double bearded bird yeah. you know and right. that's where i look at it is i could have drastically affected everything that i was doing to earn his trust in one shot yeah in a in one split second i could have ruined everything yeah but for us to sit there for 20 minutes and watch this bird work and be able to tell him and show him why birds do what they do and why he's strutting and why he's puffing and where the actual perfect shot is and all those other things and you know and then the next day he ended up going out and he shot a bird yeah and because but who knows if he would have shot one if we would have taken time so that's my deal it's like it's like i like to everyone else man i don't I, I really don't care if i go out and shoot anything ever again but if I can go out and teach other people how to do it properly, then I'll do that for the rest of my life. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's what the, not just like, I mean, that's what we need. Cause, uh, like, I'm sure, you know, like this, that's what like talk has been like the number of hunters is overall in the, in the U S is like declining right now because, oh, yeah, drastically. Yeah, because there's not enough stuff like what you're doing out there. There's been way too much, like you're talking about making it more, self-absorbed than way more self-absorbed than it ever should be so hunting is not meant to be self-absorbed you know and right. uh, yeah so um man like like how i'm trying to think how to word like this next question like like so how, like how did your like your cooking and stuff and and all that like how did it like if you go look like i was scrolling through you know because getting ready for the podcast today i was looking at your website and some of the stuff and like like, how did it go from one antelope that you killed you know, to, like, because some of the stuff you put on there now, I'm like, good grief, I could not prepare that if you wanted me. Like, so, like I, what was it that caught my attention? It was, like, uh, Dove Popper subs. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted to lick my computer screen. Like, how Like how did it ever, like, how did it See, ever the, evolve so much into all that? 
uh, well, when I finally started getting into official hunting, I decided that if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it full. I'm going to do it 100%. And so my family doesn't get store-bought meat. And I live in down, you know, middle of Southern California, Orange County, California, 10 minutes from Disneyland, um, where we rarely have a tree or grass. And I'm like, I'm going to make it where my family only eats what what we hunt or fish. Yeah. Um, and so it came to be start being creative and start thinking outside the box of where meat is nothing more than just that. It's meat. A lot of times we get so intimidated by wild game that it has to be fancy or wrapped in bacon. Like those are <laughs> like like those are the two things. Like okay, yeah. I talked to most hunters. Like I talked to this guy yesterday. He he hit me up and I said, dude, just give me a call. Let's chat. He's like, seriously? I'm like, seriously. So we talked for a good while, and he said he gets he gets the back straps off his deer and then everything else gets turned into hamburger meat. Oh. And I just went, what? Yeah. Like, huh? You get. You get 60 pounds of hamburger meat. Like, no wonder you hate venison, you know, like, yeah. and he goes, he's like, well, all I know how to do with it is chili and spaghetti. And you, and the more people I talk to, that's, that's all I hear is spaghetti and chili, spaghetti and chili, spaghetti yeah. and chili, or, or make it into hamburgers, but I got to cut it with 50% beef fat because I don't know how to work it. And I got to, I got to cut bacon into it because it's too gamey or I got to do this because it's this or, and so for me, I started looking at meat is nothing more than meat. Yeah, And if we understand how to cook that meat, we don't need to add anything to it. I add zero fat to my burgers, and I have people eat my burgers and say they're the best burgers they've ever had in their life. Yeah. Um, I make roasts, and I make sliced, you know, like like roast beef sandwiches. I make like a smoked roast beef for my daughter's sandwiches. Yeah. And they go to school with thinly sliced, you know, smoked roast beef, but it's venison. And I started thinking, if, if I'm going to make dinner, I'm going to utilize this meat. And yeah. then I started hearing people saying a lot of my inspiration comes from people that sit there and go, man, my favorite thing to eat is blank. And I go, okay, how can I do that with wild game? You know, some, <laughs> yeah. of, some of the, some of my pop most popular recipes are from taking out hunters. They're like, man, I would love, like my favorite thing in the world is orange chicken, but I'm hunting a pheasant. I was like, okay, so how can I make orange chicken out of pheasant? Okay, let's figure it out. Yeah. Um, how can I make, and so for like, for those dove is we shot, you know, freaking 20 man limits on opener last year yeah and and all the guys are like oh we hate dove because all they do again is they cut out the breast put a little bit of jalapeno cream cheese wrap it in bacon that's all they eat right that's like how everyone eats dove yeah and so i said okay how can i make how can i take those same flavors but work them into an actual meal not an appetizer right and so i busted out my my meat grinder while we were dove hunting and i ground up like 150 dove just hey guys breast them out take off the meat off the legs throw it in the grinder and we got all the meat off of them and i made meatballs and i cut it with you know jalapenos and bacon and cilantro and onions and garlic and i made meatballs and we cooked up the meatballs in the traeger and then i smoked jalapenos and i made like a cream cheese gravy or cream cheese sauce to go over it and we had meatball subs i think that's what you're talking about good gosh yeah that sounds delicious and so you had all the flavors that went into the typical popper utilized in an actual meal that these dudes are just getting all over their face you know these these grown men are having this sub that they're just devouring and it became a meal versus just an appetizer where someone went by and grabbed it it became a story it became hey remember those doves we shot remember this remember that um and it became this it became a meal it became a story and for me i like i've always been an artist like i'm a cartoonist i'm a painter and so i started looking at my food and saying hey how can i make this plate my artwork 
how can I make it look appetizing and beautiful and still taste good? Because again, you can go to McDonald's and that Whopper or not Whopper, that's Burger King, I think, but the Big Mac looks beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't go to I don't go to fast food. I'm just trying to remember. Yeah, but the Big Mac, you know, I see a commercial. The Big Mac's huge and it's beautiful, but if you go buy a Big Mac, it doesn't look anything like that. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, it's and so how can I make that food and make it simple enough that you can make? Even though you said I can't make that, if you went and actually read how to make it, you'd be like, dude, I can make that. And I think that's the coolest thing is I have people that sit there and saying, you know, I can't make something fancy. Okay, we'll make this. They're like, well, that was easy, you know, or that was simple. And I, I mean, I even have, it's funny because I have, you know, the blue check celebrities on Instagram who are in our hunting industry that, that are texting me, asking me for recipes and they post <laughs> on their social media. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, all right, just, you know, cause they're realizing that our industry is about food now. It needs to be. So many, yeah. So many people are getting away from the trophy aspect and I'm like, Hey, make a trophy meal. Yeah. If we can make, if we, if, as we sit around the dinner table at my family, it always comes up to dad, which animal is this? Oh, it was this one. Okay. Tell me the story about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was sitting and it becomes a memory. Yeah. Oh, it becomes, absolutely. It be, yeah. And it becomes a, and it becomes more than just, Hey, you see that buck on the wall? Yeah. I shot that one. Yeah. It becomes in, in you, to me, I remember the meal more than the hunt in yeah. some cases. Yeah. Dude, and uh, I have people uh, yeah. that I've taken on hunts that do the same thing. They're like, oh, man, the antelope hunt was great. Remember that stew you made on that antelope hunt? And it's like, oh, yeah, oh, man, that stew. What was in that stew? It Now, the guy shot you know, a, his his personal best antelope, but it all came down to the stew that we made with the antelope afterwards. Yeah. So. Yeah, dude, man, I can think of stories like that. I mean, like this year we, were, uh, we went uh, turkey hunting in New Mexico, and we turkey hunt in the same place that we elk hunt at. And uh, what Troy uh, saved some of his backstraps from that September and had marinated them. And they were sitting there marinating and we cooked them uh, over an open fire while we were because we camped out while we were out there. And so it was cool. Well, that's what we talk about. We're like, man, we got to eat that elk. You know, we were turkey hunting, but we ate that elk on the same range that we hunted him and killed him on. And it was, you know, stuff like that, like you're talking about. I mean, and uh, um, I've told this story on this podcast before too. My my mom actually killed her first deer last December, and uh, I remember I was still we were at Cottonmouth uh, hunting, and my mom texted me a picture, and she was eating some of the deer meat, and that was the first time she'd ever eaten something that she had killed herself, and she was That's so awesome. she was so proud of it. And I was like, I, you know, I, I was like, just like you're talking about, I was like, you for you know, what for me at least, it's easy to forget. You know, you know, with uh, mom, you know, that was the first time that she was able to experience that. And that's that's special. You know, it's, it's special to, to be able to link something like that because that's how, I mean, heck, that's what got our society. That's what got humankind here in the first place is people hunting and killing their own meat. And so it's kind of reconnecting us back to something that got us here. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. And I mean, same stories for me. Like growing up, my dad only dove hunted forever. And I'm the one that's taken him on all these other hunts and all these other adventures, you know, and I've been there when he's killed his first antelope and I was lucky enough that this, this spring he killed his first Turkey after hunting him for 10 years. Wow. Um, and I remember sitting there and we had a meal and it was just like the joy that was on my dad's face. I I'll never forget because it, yeah, it was only a little Jake, a little, you know, one and a half year old Jake, but the joy that my dad had for his first Turkey like nobody can take that away from me. Yeah, and that, dude, that's what mute. matters anyway. Yeah, and it's like you know, and I posted a picture on Instagram, and people started going, "Oh, your dad's shooting a blankety blank Jake." And I was like, you know what? Back off, man. Like, yeah, absolutely. It, and it and it's like you want to hear the story behind that, then read up, but don't just look at the picture and see that there's 
five long feathers in the middle and all the rest are short and you right. just assume that we're out there blasting jakes yeah. like we hunted hard and there was on this property we're at you know there was like 14 jakes running around beating up the toms yeah. you know and we're like okay we're gonna we're gonna take out some jakes and this jake just was stupid and came in it was like dad that that is your bird yeah you know yeah absolutely he, man it's absolutely and he could care less yeah you know but i mean for me that's that's where it gets exciting is now seeing my family do it like my mom you know the other day she 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 will rarely ever eat my wild game cooking just because she didn't grow up with it and the other night i cooked a bunch of steaks and look over and she's like filling her plate and i'm like mom you don't eat venison oh this this one's really good <laughs> you know and then yeah. we're going we're going, the, we're going the river for the fourth of july and she's like well you make tacos i was like all right mom i'll get some you know, I'll grind up some wild turkey. She's like, no, that venison was good. You can grind up some. And I was like, you don't eat venison, Mom. She's like, oh, I'll eat it. And I'm like, so again, it's, she's starting to come come around to this idea that, like, yeah. it's better for you. It's healthier. And it, once you get past the first initial, like, oh, my gosh, it's Bambi. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, and I think Disney ruined it for a lot of us. But, yeah. Um, but I think it's, it, it's, it's so cool to see kids get involved and, even grownups, like, I love seeing that your mom went out and hunted her first, you know, what is she, in her 50s? Yeah, yeah. She, was, she uh, goes out and shoots her, you yeah. know, she goes out and shoots her first deer, like, yeah. uh, she's beautiful. Dude, I mean, it, was, it was so, like, seriously, like, it, it was so special. Because, I mean, I, I got to think about it. I was like, because like, how many, you know, how lucky am I, how, how blessed am I to be able to get to experience that, you know, to get to be with right. my mom when she shoots her first deer. We were so happy, man. Like, we were so happy you know and then we sat there and you know and she you know we get him out um her out it was a doe um and she she had never really you know watched anyone clean a deer and we had you know we had a spot out there you know we you know hang the deer up and we clean it she watched me clean it i you know to you know the best of my abilities explained what everything was what i was doing um and it was it was like kind of the same effect that you were talking about with those other people because she had never been exposed to it. You know, you know, I was like, I'm, this is what I'm, you know, I'm taking the the guts out now. You know, these are the hindquarters, these are, but you know, all of that kind of stuff. And it was it was it was a very very special experience for both of us. You know, and and you know, she wants she wants to do more of it now. She told me, you know, back during the spring, she's like, I want to try a turkey hunt. And I'm like, well, let's go, let's do it. You know, let's do let's do it. You let's know. Go. Let's gobble it up, man. Yeah, I mean, like, like let's make it happen. Uh, it's it's fun. It's absolutely fun to. It's that way with anyone, anyone that you get right. to, to that you get to introduce to that. It's it's always very very special, I believe. Yeah, and I, and I and I and I try to tell everybody it's not about killing. No. If I could get if I could get away doing what I do without ever killing an animal, I would. But the fact is, is that we can't. Yeah. Like, it is part of what we need to do to to do it yep. and being good stewards and respectful. And, and I, I truly believe that God put that animal on the planet for me at that moment. I agree. Like, um, that is what my job requires me to do. And that is what my family requires me to feed them. And I would much rather go out and hunt a deer than feed them, you know, far, you know, meat from the grocery store that I don't know who it's touched. Right. You know, I, I don't know anything about that animal versus me putting in the blood, sweat and tears over a deer. Like, yeah, it it might be more work, but it's way more gratifying than just grabbing a steak and going. And I think that's the problem with with our society is we've become such a fast food nation that we've lost touch with what oh, real food is. Yeah, it's so it's it's too available. You know what I mean? It's, I was it's talking, too convenient. Yeah, I was talking to a friend the other day. We were at swim, and he was like, "Yeah, my wife's gonna go pick up a whole chicken from Walmart, like the already pre cooked chickens for dinner." I go, "That pre cooked 
seriously? How, how long has it been sitting there? I go, you know that you can just buy like a whole fryer chicken and cook it in the, the oven yourself. He's like, well, that's just too much work. That, that, that'll take like two hours. But instead, they're going to sit there and eat a chicken that's been sitting in a, in a hot box for eight hours. Right, yeah. And feed their family it versus, I, I know, to, to me, it's just you love your family so much that you buy safety cars, you put them in car seats, and you put smoke alarms in your house, and you baby-proof this and that, but then you go around and you feed them food that could kill them. Yeah. Like, wild game meat's never been recalled, ever. <laughs> yeah it's a good statistic yep yep good point so i mean and and, and you, you can quote me on that yeah and and it's just you know the the meat in my freezer i know whose hands it's touched i know what machine it touched and i know when we cook it that it's gonna be the healthiest and best meat that my family can get yeah yeah so yeah dude i was thinking earlier when you're talking about that i bet you like whoever like the, the 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 kids in your daughter's classes i bet they're insanely jealous whenever they break out their lunch they're like, ah, oh, Lee, look at that. <laughs> well, it's funny because one of my, one of the girls in my daughter's class, her family just had a baby, and her dad texts me and goes, hey, so Kaylee wants you to cook, you know, like cook dinner for the family because of the baby. And this time I was like, yeah, sure, what do you want? And he goes, something wild, please, something wild. <laughs> you know, and these and these aren't families that grew up with it. These are families that don't ever taste it. Yeah. You know, and I and, and I made a wild turkey lasagna because I'm like, I'm gonna go mild with their family. You right, know? right, yeah. And, you know, I get texts and phone calls from the whole family like, oh, my gosh. And the next day at school, the little girl's like, it was so good, Emma. And Emma's like, it's just wild turkey, yeah. you know. But in my kids' eyes, it's it's just meat. Like, yeah. There's nothing there's nothing special about it. Like these other kids are like, oh, my gosh, you get to eat this? She's like, no, it's just a deer. It's yeah. just an elk. Yeah. They're like, it's just an elk. And it's like, in a sense, I'm excited about it. But in a sense, I'm also like... I, saddened by these other kids but yeah i actually got my daughter went to a birthday party and the mom bought all these fillets for this eight-year-old's birthday party and the mom we went to pick up my daughter and she's like so your daughter doesn't like fillets huh and i was like i don't think she's ever eaten a fillet golly she's like, she's like what i go and she, she's like well she said she doesn't eat cows and i go well no she's like but she said she eats deer and elk and bison and i was like yeah i go we don't we don't eat you know beef in our house and the mom was just like dumped that in flabbergasted. She's like, but it's a fillet. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, but I, I guarantee you that the, the cut of venison that I have is just as tender and just as flavorful yeah. as that as that fillet. But she was just like, and, and my daughter's like, like all the other kids were kind of laughing at me. I was like, well, that's their loss, honey. Yeah. Like, cause my dad, cause again, the the same gamey flavor that a lot of people find with venison, my daughter's fine with beef. Yeah. Because they weren't raised on it, so right, it has yeah. a different it has a different flavor to them. It's a it's an odd flavor that they're not used to. Yeah. Because they don't get it. They don't, you know. But you pull out a, you know, even sometimes I'll I'll, I'll cook up some mule deer, and I'm like, whew, this one's rough. Sorry, guys. And my my daughters are like just sucking it down. I was like, they're like, Dad, it's great. And it's like, oh, that's right, because that's all you know. Right. Yeah. But to my but to my wife and I, we're like, whew, this this one is strong, <laughs> a strong sage flavor. Yeah. And my daughters are like, this is phenomenal, because again. Their mind is what we've raised them. Yeah, it's what they're cool, used to. That is cool. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's a cool thing to sit there saying, "Hey, my my girls don't like cows." Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, especially in a place like that's a cool platform to have in an area like Southern California. You know, like especially you know like you were talking about because I can't imagine that the like because you even said that the hunting culture you know compared to like down here in Mississippi where you know it's a very well known thing that people hunt and deer meat you know that's just a thing down here it's it's a cool platform to have in the area that you live in you know 
it's it's a really cool um, ability that you have to reach some of those people with a, a very positive message for for hunting. I think. Oh yeah, I mean, just like I said yesterday, I don't know if you saw my Instagram. I posted that picture of that vegan car sitting next to me. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw and that. That's just that. That's the culture I live in, man. I get I get harassed all the time, but it's it's pretty cool to see like friends' parents who were raised in the Midwest and their sons and daughters kind of get upset at me. And then the parents call me saying, Hey, so Josh was like upset that you hunt, but I remember growing up on venison. Can I get some? <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Man. And so, and so I go and give their parents meat while their kids are getting pissed off at me for eating meat. And I'm giving their parents, you know, summer sausage that I made from venison and wild boar. And they're like, my kid's just missing out. And it's like, it's just funny that like that the culture and society that we live in that, it's a generational gap and I, I want to try to get that generation back and yeah I'm, I'm trying to start with my daughters and say hey if i can change their perception then eventually by the time that you know they're my age hopefully they're that that gap's been filled so yeah i mean heck we got to start somewhere you know it's, I mean, right. it's an uphill battle but it's it's a battle that needs to be fought you know but um so t- tell me this like for the folks listening how can they, you know, tell me, I know you got a website, your Instagram, tell me about all, all that so they can know where to find you at. Yeah, it's pretty easy. From field to plate, like T-O, not number two. Right. Um, and that's on Instagram, Facebook, um, website as well, from field to plate dot com. Uh, I, there's not as many recipes on there because I'm working on getting some recipes for Mossy Oak, so I've been holding off on those. Yeah, yeah. Um, as well as I'm working on a couple cookbooks, so. I think it's horrible when all these wild game chefs post all these recipes and they put out a cookbook, make you spend 30 bucks and all the recipes are online for free. <laughs> um, so I, re- I really want to make it special and have stuff in there. But again, I, I pride myself on hundred uh, percent response rate. If you have a question or a recipe idea, just shoot me a message, man. And I, I'd love to contact you and, and help you through a recipe or help you through an idea or a concept and, and uh but that's 100 percent what i'm here for so yeah from, from field to plate pretty simple pretty easy um if you want to if you want to follow along great if you don't then i mean i'm still here to answer any questions so. <laughs> yeah that applies to me too right i can text you whenever i'm trying to cook something new ask you what i'm you, doing <laughs> you'd be surprised how many times daniel texts me uh or or you know neil from yeah the mossy uh, oak boys or i'm getting texts. <laughs> i'm cooking this i'm cooking this how to cook this and i go Never in my wildest dreams that I th- you know think that the Mossy Oak founders would be texting me on how to cook <laughs> deer meat for tacos. Yeah. I mean, just growing up, I would never, I would have never thought that. Wearing wearing Mossy Oak since I was six years old, and now I'm sitting here sharing meals with them. It's it's cool. So yeah, yeah, man, that is cool. But uh, look, man, thank you for your time today. I'm gonna let you run, um, guys. I hope y'all have enjoyed this episode. Uh, definitely look from field to plate up i've like i said if you if you're like i am like i'm i'm a big fan of food jeremiah thanks so much for your time uh we're gonna sign off for today if y'all have any questions like i said obviously like uh jeremiah was talking about he will respond to you so if you hit those pages up and he'll get back with you so uh we're gonna head off so as always thank you for listening to speak the language podcast jeremiah thank you man hey no worries i I gotta go check on my jerky it's down in the smoker so all right man we'll see y'all thank y'all